sometimes I contradict myself and I'm like, you know what? Don't judge yourself. Yes, sometimes I'm a big ball of mush and I want to be super squishy. And other times I'm going to flex my muscles and my veins are going to pop and you better not challenge me. And yes, I can have the beauty of both. That little gem is from an interview with Lisa Bilyeu and Jenna Kutcher from the podcast, The Gold Digger. And it's part of a much larger conversation where Lisa talks about her journey of overcoming her own self-judgment, the fear she felt while going after her goals, what she did to challenge lifelong limiting beliefs and create a new self-narrative, and how she became her own hero by supporting other women to be theirs. It's Tracy. Thanks for being here. And welcome to another replay of the day on this episode of Invisible You, a podcast for women over 40 living courageously. Ever stare back at your reflection in the mirror and think, holy hell. Did I literally just spend the last 40 years of my life as a domesticated farm animal? Okay, I know what you're thinking, but no, it's not because I've essentially milked three kids with what could have been, at the time, considered a pair of udders. And while I can appreciate how you might make that connection between said farm animal and dairy cow, that's not exactly where I was going with this. What I mean is, you know, milling about like a creature of comfort, reacting to whatever life brings, meandering your way through the world, trying oh so hard to please, waiting to be told what to do, how to act, and who to be, listening to the well-meaning and not-so-well-meaning members of authority for fear of doing something wrong and being judged just a little too harshly. Just now realizing I need to spend the next 40 reconditioning that conditioning right out of me. And where is the manual for this so-called midlife mania, you ask? The one that tells you what to expect when you're expecting to hit that highway to hell halfway mark. The one we could use to help us navigate what in my mind anyway, feels a lot like that Aladdin song, A Whole New World, where we are smack dab in the middle of a new reality, seeing ourselves after the millionth time for the first time. Because intentionally or not, we've chosen the red pill over the blue. And like Neo, played by the handsome and beautiful Keanu Reeves, we've been booted from the Matrix. Unfortunately, it wasn't with him by our side, but for better or worse, we've awakened the giant within and we're no longer the walking dead with our eyes wide shut. So again, I ask, where is the book for my so-called secret life after 40 when shit starts to hit the fan? Did I just miss it on my Amazon recommended reading list? Honestly, did you know there's even a book for trees? Yeah, trees. <laughs> It's called The Hidden Life of Trees. We've discovered that trees have this secret underground world of connection and communication. We know this for certain. It's been researched. It's been written about. So now, apparently, trees seem to have more information about themselves than we do during this major life transition. 
Nothing against trees, by the way. I'm a big fan. So maybe I should just leave them alone. (laughs) Okay, that was bad. (laughs) But how many times have we all heard the cliche midlife crisis that guys go through? We see it in movies, we hear about it in songs for all to enjoy and be entertained by at their own expense. Yet I've never heard anything remotely close to what women go through during the same time. I didn't even know it was a thing until I knew it was a thing because I was going through that thing. Nope, nothing about the shit show going on behind the mask. It's probably just all in our heads, right? We're, we're just a big old mess, depressed, stressed, and unexpressed. Empty shells of our former selves. A normal thing at this advanced stage of age. Yeah, I'm going to call bullshit on that because that ain't it. It's us, well, me, at a crossroads and the mercy of my ever-changing body. New and overwhelming freedom from what used to be the time constraints of a young family. Rethinking my relationships, my past decisions that no longer seem to serve me. While living with the uncertainty of what's in store that I have yet to see. Along with the sometimes irrational fear of invisibility. So where is that book, that person who's going to keep us connected, give us hope and tell us, you know, you're going to be okay, that lets us know we are not alone and everything we're thinking, feeling and experiencing is just a normal part of living outside our comfort zone, who have answers to life's most burning questions. Where will I be in 20 years? When is my perfect partner going to show up? And when am I going to win the lottery? Oh, wait. No, that's not right. Never mind. I'm thinking of a fortune teller. Although that could work too if you really believe in what they tell you. Again, I know what you're thinking. Okay, this is just getting plain scary. I'm starting to think I'm kind of a mind reader here. But if you've listened to any of my previous episodes, and if you haven't, then what are you even doing? You know how I feel about looking outside yourself to find answers. I'm against it, for the most part. But this is what Lisa Bilyeu, the speaker in today's upcoming clip with Gold Digger host Jenna Kutcher, would call a contradiction. The contradiction between having all we need inside to change, grow, and face whatever comes our way, along with the need to have some guidance from those who've come before who've been to the other side and back again, willing to share their knowledge, wisdom, and know-how so we can prepare for what's ahead and mitigate the inevitable pitfalls that lay ahead. And we used to have access to these people. We called them elders, and they were a big part of a cultural tradition passed down for generations, kind of like a survival guide for life. But most of us have obviously very little, if any, access to someone like that, so we look elsewhere to our favorite media personalities, self-proclaimed gurus, politicians, late-night talk show hosts, and Kim and Kanye. You get the picture. We outsource our genuine need for nurture and guidance to people who have the loudest voice and the biggest platform, but not necessarily the best of intentions. So what's a girl to do, you might ask? Play around. Experiment. Try a few people on for size. See who fits. Use your best judgment, do your research, and if it's not working, they aren't working. Kick them to the curb. This isn't a marriage arrangement. It's not forever. 
Just make sure they're walking their talk and not just giving lip service, sharing what it is they think you should do, but not actually doing it themselves. That's the beauty of the internet. There's so many options to choose from. There's so many great people who are putting themselves out there for the right reason, to help and support those of us who want to help and support ourselves. It's one of the reasons I share other people's podcasts so you can dig in and I can dig in and decide where or who to dive deeper with and who resonates depending on where you are in life. I look at it like a diet. They all work for some people some of the time, but not all people all of the time. And it's also why I love Lisa and her podcast, Women of Impact. She's completely open and vulnerable and funny and gives just a really wide variety of perspective while still sharing her own. She's driven, smart, uber talented. So yeah, obviously I hate her. And there you have it, another contradiction. And like Lisa, I'm okay with that because honestly, we're all walking contradictions. So in her words, no judgment, girl. Let's talk about your fascination for empowering women, older women, young women, any age woman. Tell me about how that came to be and what you're doing about it. Uh, it was purely accidental. And I've learned that this is the, the fun of life to yeah. explore right? To yes. not necessarily have a, I have a very, very laid out plan, my 10 year plan, my five year plan, my stepping plan, <laughs> my year plan, right? Like I'm a plan, yes. but at yes. the same time, you got to leave room for the unexpected. And yeah. so me, we built Quest that became a billion dollar company. We realized that to truly impact people's lives, you need to affect the mind as well as the body. So for us, I start, so I started to build a studio within Quest Nutrition and we were doing yeah. content that was really changing people's lives. And then we realized it was as companies grow that your vision doesn't always align with your business partners as you get yeah. bigger and bigger and it, you expand. And so Tom and I looked at each other and we said, hey, what is really important to us? Is it the finance? Is it everything, you know, or is it actually making impact? impact. And if it is, yeah. then we need to put our money where our mouth is. And because the business partners don't agree on the mind side of things, and we do, the beauty of having a successful company and having, you know, the finances is to live the life that really does bring you joy. So we started to, yes. so we went, we created impact theory. I was all behind the scenes. We were creating great impact in video. And then people were just like, Hey, Tom, bring your wife on. So it all happened by accident. I used to be petrified to be in front of the camera. I was, you know, the girl that ripped up photos of her when she was a kid because I was so embarrassed. I got teased for my nose. I used to have a head brace. So my self-esteem was extremely low from the being in front of the camera, putting yourself out there standpoint. Yeah. I'd built my reputation within myself as being a great supporter being behind the scenes, being the neck of like, it's the joke that we haven't, you know, if you ever seen my uh, big fat Greek wedding, where it's like, yes. the man is the head, but I am the neck and I turn his head whichever way I want. Right. So it's like, that was the joke. It was that like, I was the neck that was supporting Tom and everything else. And then I was like, I started to notice talking to women like yourselves, talking to other women where all the yeah. things I had done just for my own sanity, just so that I wouldn't crash, just so that I wouldn't fall into a depressed state. I like, it's super clunky and it's super freaking wordy and nuanced. <laughs> and sometimes I contradict myself and 
I get it. And I'm like, you know what? Don't judge yourself. Yes. Sometimes I'm a big ball of mush and I want to be super squishy. And other times I'm going to flex my muscles and my veins are going to pop and you better not, you know, challenge me. And it's like, yes, I can have the beauty of both. And so accepting the beauty of both and just talking, I started to realize, wow, it was actually impacting people. And now I go to what's more important, Lisa, impacting people or your ego? Because I didn't want to be in front of the camera. I didn't, I like, I was petrified all the time. And I'm like, but you're actually impacting people. Now here's the thing, girl, no judgment. If I want to feel good about myself every day and I want to protect my ego, then don't go on camera. And that's it. Right? Like I, I don't have to. Like there's right. no judgment, there. and I re- I remove the judgment from that decision because it's like it's okay if you you want to protect your self esteem, yeah. but it's also okay if you say I'm going to make myself uncomfortable every day in order to get to this goal. So I was like, I'm just going to make myself uncomfortable every day, and in order for me to do that, I just have to be me. And being me yeah. means all the mess that comes with it, all the like contradictions <laughs> that I may say in the same sentence. Yes, I'm a big ball yeah. of Martian. Yeah, also don't mess with me. Like, I'm just going to accept it. And there are going to be people that resonate with the story and people that don't. And going back to how we started this whole thing is like, either be so good they can't ignore you or change, yeah. right? Do yeah. something different, but either commit or don't commit. And so I was like, I'm going to freaking commit and I'm going to go all in until I don't enjoy it anymore. Because remember, I spent eight years doing something I didn't want to do. So I'm not going to do this more if I don't enjoy it. And I found my own joy, this thing that I never thought I would do. It pushes me every day. It makes me face my ego a lot, which I actually like now. Instead of seeing it as a negative, it's now a positive because I remind myself, I pride myself on growth, not being right, not being successful, not getting any accolades or any awards. Like I pride myself on growth. And so now no one else can control that. You know, what's crazy is yesterday I watched your talk on Growth Day. And it's such an amazing platform. If people haven't looked, go to growthday.com slash Jenna. It's amazing. But I watched your talk on there. And something you said just stood out to me so much because we've had so many incredible female guests come on here and say, you know, ignore the negative voices or your inner mean girl or, you know, learn to silence her, turn that silence down. And you flipped the script on that. So talk to me about that because we touched on it at the beginning. And I do not want to skip this piece of how you show up and teach because it's so powerful. So walk me through that. Uh Thanks, girl. It came from the fact that I wasn't good enough. And what I mean by that is you you read all the books, right? You hear all the therapists, you hear everyone say like, you know, ignore the negative voice, you know, don't listen, give yourself a cuddle all the time. Don't push yourself. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. You know, and I just, I was like, I'm so bad. (laughs) I can't switch the negative voice off. Like if you've actually been able to like do it, teach me. I'm a good yeah. student, but I can't freaking do it. And so yeah. then right, all the negativity, the insecurities I have, I even said, you know, like a little bit earlier, I was teased for my looks. I had yeah. the unibrow. I had the head brace that wrapped all the way around the neck. I was made fun of. And so I was extremely insecure. I would actually creep into my mom's room and rip up photos of myself if it was taken mm. from the side because I didn't like my nose. And so the negative voice is there. I've tried to unwire it. I've really tried and it hasn't worked. So I go, okay, 
going back to the language I like to use, which empowers me, the superhero language, they're like, yeah. okay, if this right now it's your kryptonite, right? Right now it's holding you back. It's holding you back from showing up every day, feeling powerful, feeling yeah. powerful is important. Yeah. And it's stopping me every step of the way. So now I have a choice. Let it keep stopping me or change the way I see it. And so it was purely out of desperation that I was like, but what if it was my friend? Yeah. Like, what if it's actually saying something instead of pushing it away? What if it's identical? So in fact, let me say this to you. You know, when someone makes a criticism of you, sometimes you actually don't care. And sometimes it stings and you can't forget it. And usually the one that sting and you can't forget are the ones that's touched a nerve. Yep. So there's some bit of truth in there that really gets you. Exactly. So now I go, I've spent 20 years of my life protecting myself from that sting and it hasn't served me. Like it hasn't gotten me anything in life. I actually want like, what is that goal you want and do the things that serve that goal. And so my God, like seeing that that negative voice wasn't serving me. In fact, it was holding me back time and time again. I was like, how do I overcome this? Okay, great. It's perspective. What if this was my friend? If this was my friend, what is it trying to tell me? That sting means something. What does that sting mean? So if it is something about business, let's say, all right, cool. Yeah. Oh, Jenna thinks I'm terrible podcaster. Jenna, please tell me how, right? It's like, so if that negative voice is saying to me, Lisa, you're no good. You're going to go on Jenna's podcast. Like she's so, she's the best in the freaking business in it. Like she's honestly go, I mean that you are the best in the business. So inviting me on, of course, comes with some negative voice. Of course it does. And here's the thing. I was like, I love it. And I've worked 10 years on loving that. Once upon a time, I would have been petrified. I would have come on. I would have been, I either would have said no to you or I would have been a bumbling idiot. But now I go, (laughs) the negative voice is telling me something. What is it telling me? It's telling me that she's so freaking good, right? That you're worried you're going to mess up. Okay. Well, why are you worried? You've done this before. Okay. You're worried because, right. And then just follow the thought. Oh, that's my worry. Okay, cool. I'm just going to say it up front then. Like I'm going to say, Jenna, I'm actually really nervous about coming on your podcast with you. (laughs) Right. Because now it's like out in the open Yeah, and I'm obsessed with studies and Vanessa Van Edwards. I don't know if you know who she is, but she wrote a book and she's freaking incredible. She wrote a book called Captivate. And I interviewed her and she basically said over Zoom interviews, they've been doing these tests. And if you, let's say, drop the ball, in essence, let's say you're meeting someone for the first time and you mess up within the first five minutes of the conversation, people are way more likely to like you because you've dropped the ball. And they're like, oh, they're normal. They're human. Now, now, (laughs) here's the thing. You don't drop the ball until right at the end. People find you way more distrustful because they're like, oh, this whole time I've been thinking they're one way and then they've just dropped the ball. Oh, they've just shifted how I think about them. I don't know if I can trust them anymore. And just by where you show your failures or your falls is where people perceive you in the sun. So I was like, oh, this is the best news ever. I can just mess up right at the beginning and people are going to like me because I'm that honest and true. And so, but that helps me with the negative voice, right? That helps me not take the negative voice seriously. That helps me say, all right, you're telling me that I need to show up. Thank you so much for that. You're telling me that she's the best. Thank you for that. Right? Like all these things. Thank you, friend. 
thank you for telling wow. me things that I'm trying to protect my ego from. You have a superpower and a theme that I don't even know if you realize, Ooh. but in this conversation, you continue to ask yourself why. Hmm. And whether it's your relationship, your choice to not have children, whether it's your ego or questioning. And I feel like so many people use things like social media as a pacifier to never have to go into their head and ask themselves or their heart, why? And I think that that is so powerful because when you start tracing those thought patterns or those limiting beliefs or those desires or those things that you don't want for your life, that's where I feel like you get to the heart of what your mission is. 100%. And here is where I think why people don't. They don't want to open the can of worms. Yes. Because let's say relationship. I think everyone can relate to this. You may be in a relationship, dating, whatever, maybe it's in the past or currently, and there's just something not right. Now, here's the thing. If you sit and ask yourself why, you may end up coming to the conclusion that you have to break up with him. You may have three children and now you have to come up with, I may have to divorce him. And that in and of itself is so scary that we don't open up the can of worms. Now here's the trick in the long term, it's way worse not opening it. It's Mm -hmm. way worse. So when I realized that, And I'm just like, just don't judge. That's the part, right? The non-judgment. And that's why I never opened the can of worms because I was like, I'm going to judge myself. I'm going to judge myself for not wanting children. So don't even ask yourself, Lisa, if you want children or not. Like that's the world I was living in for like a year because it's like, if I don't ask myself, then I don't have to then feel badly about myself or judge myself. And now I don't, right? Like that starts on a path of then saying, now I have to tell other people I'm not going to have children. Now I have to break my mom's heart who actually broke down and cried when I told her I wasn't going to have kids. Now I'm going to get judgment. And I actually had women come out saying, oh, you're less of a woman. Because I chose not to have kids. I'm less of a woman. I had people say that to me. And so you want to know why people don't open that can of worms? It's because of that. It's because from asking Mm -hmm. yourself, do I want children? It leads to having to say, be uncomfortable, tell people time and time again, defend your position sometimes. And it's hard. And so I understand why people do it, but I don't think that they think through the long term and that it actually is worse for them. I mean, it's a massive decision. And so that's why when people can make a confident decision, whatever side of the fence they land on, I am like, yes, this is what women need is to one, have these conversations in the first place, but to two, just be honest about that decision, because I think it gives other people permission to think differently than maybe they were conditioned to look Mm. at your story. You were conditioned for so long to imagine this life. And then you had that life and you're like, this isn't what I thought it was, you know? Yeah, 100%. Well, and I think too, what's so incredible about what you're doing is you're casting women as the leads of their lives. You're casting them as the heroes of their own stories. And that's what we need. You know, it took how many years for Disney to create a movie where the woman didn't fall in love and the man didn't save her like (laughs) Moana. Thank you. You know, and so it's it's crazy when we look at how slow progress can be in entertainment. 
and how much of a force you have to be to shift that narrative and to show up in that way that makes impact. And if anyone is ready for the job, it is you. Oh, thanks. Girl. But that's the thing. It's creating your own narrative. And I realized my narrative was my husband was going to save me. For eight years, I was waiting for him to come home every day and make me feel a certain way, right? Like, bring yes. me entertainment. Make me laugh. How was your day, babe? Like, I was waiting for him. And there's just a powerful story that my, as you know, I've suffered from a lot of health issues. I had one day, I was in the middle of a photo shoot, fell to my knees. I like excused myself and then literally fell to my knees where I couldn't even breathe. My gut was in just such disarray. So I had the entire photography team waiting for me downstairs. I just was like, oh, I'm just going to be back in a minute. And I couldn't move. I was literally on the floor clutching my stomach and I grabbed my phone and I was calling my husband because I knew he was in the house. And I was like, and he wasn't answering. And I'm texting him, I need you, I need you, I need you. And he wasn't coming. Now, what I didn't know is he had another business meeting, so he didn't even have his phone on him. And in that moment, I was on the floor for about five minutes. And in that moment, I was like, oh my God, I keep waiting for him to save me. I don't need to be saved. I want him to save me, but I don't need him to save me. And honestly, those words that I said in my head in that moment is get the F up. You are your own hero. Get the F up. And I got up and I went downstairs and I finished the photo shoot. And that night he was like, oh, babe, did you need something? And I was like, no, I got it. I handled my, my stuff. Um, but it, like the reason why I wanted to tell you that story, though, is the analogy of us being our own hero and what that yeah. actually means, right? Yeah. It, it means you have to tell yourself every day, what am I doing to be there for myself? And what am I doing yeah. every day to show up for myself? And that's what I talk about is how I work. The words I say to myself, the mindset that I have is also, I can be my own hero. I mean, you yeah. know, kids, we put capes on, right? You, you give the little kid, your daughter, you know, an outfit to put on. And as soon as she puts the cape on, what does she do? Right? She probably puts her fist in the air. She jumps off sofas. And it's like, mm -hmm. we allow ourselves to embody a feeling as kids, right? We play dress up. Yes. We allow ourselves to imagine. And as adults, we don't. As adults, mm -hmm. we don't allow ourselves to say you're your own hero, to jump off a freaking couch because you want to, right? Like we don't yeah. allow ourselves. And so that's why I love storytelling with empowerment, with just embodiment, because I think it all has a massive knock-on effect. To hear more of the conversation between Lisa and Jenna, check out the Gold Digger podcast episode, A Lesson in Unapologetic Decisions for Empowered Women. Links to that and both their social media are in the show notes below. And check out my newsletter to get a sneak peek into more of my own journey on how I'm fumbling my way through my 40s and beyond. And as always, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and share with someone you think might benefit. And until next time, thanks for listening.